Hello and welcome to the First Lutheran Church Sermon Podcast. We're glad you joined us this week. First Lutheran Church lives by the mission statement, called by the Spirit, we serve Christ, sharing God's love with all. And we are glad to share this good news with you this week. We're able for our gospel acclamation. The 11th chapter. John the Baptist expects the Messiah to bring God's judgment upon the earth. From a prison cell, he wonders whether Jesus is the one who will do this. Jesus' response indicates that God's reign is indeed being fulfilled already through healing and restoration. When John heard in prison what the Messiah was doing, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, Are you the one who is to come, or are we to wait for another? Jesus answered them, Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have good news brought to them. And blessed is anyone who takes no offense at me. As they went away, Jesus began to speak to the crowds about John. What did you go out into the wilderness to look at? A reed shaken by the wind? What then did you go out to see? Someone dressed in soft robes? Look. Those who wear soft robes are in royal palaces. What then did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written, See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way before you. Truly, I tell you, among those born of women, no one has arisen greater than John the Baptist. Yet the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Christ. Please be seated. One of the many gifts of our worship service is the many ways that we can tell the story of God's love in this world. In our worship space, we are surrounded by symbols that do this very thing. These, these banners around our worship space that tell different parts of the story. Our baptismal font and its symbology with a shell, God's love and cleansing in our lives. These pyramids that change and again help tell the different seasons throughout the church year. Even our bulletin covers are different ways to teach us, to prepare us, and to tell God's story. Well, with the Advent season, our worship space, our sanctuary here, blossoms with even more elements 
that help prepare our hearts for Christ's coming into the world. Our Christmas tree here uh, is covered with special ornaments called chrismons. Now, I had some fun looking up the history of chrismons, and it's actually a 65-year-old tradition started at a Lutheran church in Danville, Virginia, Ascension Lutheran, an idea that came from a woman named Frances Kipps Spencer. And each ornament, uh, each chrismon, depicts some design or symbol that represents Christ or the name of God. If you have never, I invite you to spend some time looking over these different symbols and these different images. Again, they help us to tell the story of God in our midst and God in this world. And another addition to our worship space during the season of Advent is, of course, our Advent wreath. Now, 60-plus years ago, the practice and tradition, in fact, the guidelines from the Altar Guild handbook said that the candles should all be white. And then after that, the, the candles, the Advent candles, changed to the color purple. Purple is that color that represents a penitential time of repentance and fasting, an example or an opportunity for us to prepare our hearts for God's arrival, for Christ's arrival in this world and in our hearts. And the third week, which we are in the third week, you'll see occasionally a pink candle. And this third week, we light the candle of joy. And the reason why on some Advent wreaths the third candle is pink is because that word and practice of joy or rejoicing is somewhat contrary to the penitential season that people would be having as we prepare uh, for Christ. Well, then a few decades back, the color changed to blue. Uh, this is not only to distinguish Advent from Lent, but it is also, this color is also a reminder of the dark sky or the dark days as we near the shortest day of the year, the winter solstice, after which we celebrate the birth of Christ and witness the light of the world cry out from the manger. And then each week of Advent, we light candles for hope, and peace, and joy, and love. The first week, a few weeks ago, we, uh, we lit a candle for hope. Now in scripture, we hear that word, hope, used in many different ways. When Noah floated in the boat in the ark for 40 days, he waited, he hoped for God's deliverance. Another way our scriptures use the word hope is to represent our waiting or expectation or the tension that comes from waiting. And our Christian hope, our Christian hope is founded on trust, a faith-filled trust. As Christians, our hope is founded on a person, a gift, a sacrifice, on a promise given to us by God. Our hope is not a kind of optimism based on odds. 
Well, because in scriptures, people are often um, recognized that there is no evidence that things will get better, no odds that things will get better for them, but they choose hope anyways. When a valley is filled with dry bones, no evidence would suggest that anything would happen. But the prophet Ezekiel shared a hope and trust that God could and would blow God's spirit through the valley and breathe life into a place of emptiness and death. Our Christian hope, our Advent hope, is a choice to wait for God to bring about a future that is as surprising as God bursting into our world from a stable, from a manger filled with hay. This is the hope we seek to spark when we light the first candle of hope on our Advent wreath. And then last week, we lit a candle for peace. Now, peace in the Old Testament, um, that Hebrew scripture, we hear the word peace, um, we, we read it as shalom in Hebrew. Shalom can mean, peace can mean our well-being. When David goes out to the battlefield to greet his brothers before he meets Goliath, he is out there to bring shalom, to check on the well-being of his brothers as he brings them lunch. But even more, shalom means wholeness or completeness. In the Old Testament, we hear the word shalom when they talk about an altar that's made of a shalom stone, a complete, unbroken, whole stone. In the Old Testament, when they speak about their, their flocks, they see their flocks are in a state of shalom because they are all there and there is none that are lost. Our lives are complex and full of moving parts and when anything is out of alignment, our shalom can break down. It is even more like in Exodus. When, uh, if your animal destroys a neighbor's property, you shalom them. You bring them peace by giving them complete repayment for their loss. You take what's missing and you restore it to wholeness. The same is true for our relationships in this world. So this Advent season, we light a candle for peace because we are preparing for the Prince of Peace to come into this world. And that Prince of Peace, that Prince of Shalom, will make right all the wrongs, will forgive all the debts and sins, and will heal all that has been broken. And then today we light a candle for joy. As I mentioned, yesterday we had a memorial service for Paul. And we today already have prayed prayers of hope and comfort for him. And we grieve together as a congregation. But still we light this candle for joy. This uh, last couple of weeks, our community has uh, experienced a couple of deadly car accidents. And this last week, there was a kindergartner from Jardine who died. And our hearts are heavy with grief. Still, we light this candle for joy. And as we collect food items in honor of Santa Lucia, we remember the reason why we do that. We see the busy traffic out by our blessing box, and we understand that people are hungry, our neighbors are hungry. And still, we light this candle for joy. 
We pray with friends and family during treatments and diagnoses. We grieve broken relationships and disappointing holiday plans. And still we light this candle for joy. We light this candle because as Christians, our joy is found not on account of our happy circumstances, but because of our trust and belief in God's promise and God's faithfulness, compassion, and mercy in the midst of deep despair. In Scripture, after God's people were freed from Egypt, from slavery, they wandered in the desert and in the wilderness, and in that wilderness, they sang for joy. They were vulnerable. The promised land was far away, but they still rejoiced. For Christians, our joy is not determined by our struggles, but, God, but by God's promise for life, for abundant life. This is the joy we are confident to shout as we light this third candle. And next week, we will light a candle for love. Now, I won't be preaching because we'll have the service of lessons and carols and the word of God, that story of love will be shared through scripture and song. But we will light a candle for love. And in scripture, that word is synonymous with sacrifice, with service, and with an infinite love. For Christians, we love by doing good without expecting anything in return. We love by doing good to those, even those we disagree with or those who hate us. We saw Jesus wash the feet of Judas, even invite him to the table to share a meal with him the night before he was, he was killed. And this powerful word and activity, love, is what we light this last candle for. But of course, these aren't just words that we say, and they aren't just candles that we light. These are gifts that God has given us through Christ's life and actions in this world and in our lives, granting us hope when we have none, bringing us peace when we are restless, finding joy in us and pouring out love for us from the cross. And during Advent, we are called to more than light candles, but to be those lights in the world, to live like Lucia, to serve with joy, to trust with hope, to find peace and to boldly love. Let us pray. Gracious and, love and loving God, we give you thanks for the many gifts you have blessed us with, for people in our lives that show us what it means to be your hands and feet in this world. We ask that you guide us in this Advent journey as we continue to prepare our hearts for the inbreaking of Christ into this world. Help us to be your light in this world. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We pray that these words and message inspired you in your faith journey as you grow with God. We would love to see you at worship, either online via Facebook Live or in person at 1234 Southwest Fairlawn Road at 5 p.m. on Saturday or 10 a.m. on Sundays. God loves you, and so do we.